Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Adam will be back next week to talk together about other things. But today, this week, we have Jonathan Hedrick, the writer and creator of The Recount uh, over at Scout Comics to talk about the book and the recount preamble and much other stuff about the comic book industry and world, also about his other projects. I can't speak today. Other projects that are out there as well and tease some things that might be coming out at the end of 2022. So check out this episode of the Capes and Tights podcast with myself, Justin Soderbergh and Jonathan Hedrick, comic book creator and writer of The Recount. Enjoy everybody. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, I'm sitting in my studio here, drinking some seltzer. You know, nice. Yeah, I got the <laughs> aqua too. <laughs> Hydrate. I yes, see, exactly. Uh, I'm looking at all your stuff in the background. I see a couple slabs from the recount. Very okay. nice. Now, the and then, one too. Yeah, yeah that's the uh, ECGC, the Virgin. It's actually foil. Yeah, got your signature on it too. Yes, nice. Look at that. Yeah. It's like very what, pretty. 15 of these at the nine eights. Um, yeah, not very many of those. Yeah, and that was uh, exclusive to like their legend um, Patreon members too. So very, very exclusive. Yeah, and I got it. I, I have a, we're, I live in uh, Bangor, Maine, and we're very oh, small. Okay. That's like a, yeah. I say small, we're the second or third biggest city in the state, but obviously Maine is not yeah. very populated as it is. And my right. local comic book shop is this really small, small shop, but he knows. I love the recount. And oh, so anytime someone like walks in the door with something, a lot of times he doesn't even have to text me and say, Hey man, I got some, he just buys it. And then I buy it right. off of him. Uh, oh, and that's cool. where that one came from. Some guy just came in and I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I love Bangor, Maine. I, I've been there once. I, I love Maine in general. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to go back. If I go back, I'm going to uh, go to that store too. Yeah, I love absolutely. Support, supporting the LCSs that, you know, Supporting indie comics. Well, we got two Comic Cons coming up in the next like year or so, so you should just figure that out and see if we can get you on the list of people to come up and sign some autographs and sell some yeah. books. I'm down. Yep, Let's we do got it. one in uh, <laughs> uh, the fall called Weekend of the Wicked. It's in Bangor proper, mm -hmm. and then there's a new con that's called Maine Comic and Toy Con that's in Portland, Maine, uh, a couple hours okay. south of here. That's gonna be the big one of the year. My buddies own the Bangor. Con decided to nice. add a second one to Portland that was much bigger, and cool. so bigger venue, bigger everything. So it's just really cool. So that, that's what's up. Yeah, I love those homegrown cons. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've had long conversations about how some of the best experiences I've ever had meeting, mm -hmm. the, you know, the people who write the books you you read or, or draw the books you you read. Uh, my first appearance or first meeting of George Perez was at a small, like local homegrown uh, con. Yeah. He charged me forty bucks for. A photo, a hand-drawn like Sharpie sketch, and signing oh, wow. all the books that he wanted. He signed Dude, every book he wanted. Yeah, that's a that's a deal just for the sketch, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then now it's it's hanging in the. My wife doesn't let me have many comic book things in the general population of the house. Right. There's one that I was like, I'm sorry, I put my foot down on this one, especially yeah. now that we've actually lost him. That yeah. it's got to be shown properly in the house. So she's okay with that. It's it's a nice that's simple sketch. It's not over the well overwhelming. 
Right, that's fair. And it's not like I'm sure a Vampirella or a yes. Lady Death thing <laughs> in the middle of the living room. Yeah, exactly. My little like 14 mental son is like learning how to see breasts for the first time because he sees a Vampirella on the wall. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and it was great. And it was funny to me. And there's nothing against Adam West, who also is no longer with us anymore either, but it was like two or three booths down from him oh, wow. at this small little con. And he was charging 80 bucks for a photo. And so yeah. it was like, to me, it's like nothing against some of these people and you got to do what you got to do. And people were paying for it, obviously. But I was like, sure. someone who was in TV, who like <laughs> still making money on TV because he was still in the Family Guy episodes and things like that, yeah. or comic book legend for half right. the price and all of the stuff that he gave. So right. that was George Perez. We all know that he was, yeah. you know, he wanted to, he liked cons. He liked going to places and talking to people and meeting his fans. So sure it makes did. sense. Yeah. Yep. I mean, legend. I think all of you guys do. <laughs> I try, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're uh I'm I reached out. We said let's get you on the get you on the podcast so we can talk a little bit. It's oh. a little different because usually we like to talk about books that just came out. And we kind of mm-hmm. have that with with the preamble coming out. So it just recently right. came out a couple months ago. Yep. Um, but I just have read now uh five, six, seven times uh the recount. It's nice as it's only four issues, so you can yeah. read it that that many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just fell in love with it. So I wanted to get you on, talk to you about it, you know, not to make your Ooh. head really big, but um, <laughs> I wanted to just talk about how I guess started. But let's go way back. Let's talk. How did okay. you get into comics, like reading comic books in the first place? So I was a huge fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon show. You know, I was at, born in the 80s, you know, uh, grew up in, in that, those pivotal uh, decades, 80s, 90s. And um uh, I, I wanted everything turtles. They could have stamped turtles on like a tampon box. I would have <laughs> yes. wanted to buy that. Um, and my local grocery store had spinner racks um, conveniently placed in, by the checkout counters. And um, yeah, I reached for uh, one of the Ninja Turtle um, adaptations of the cartoon show. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. I think Archie might have been printing them at that time, um, or Mirage. I, I can't. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, that got me into reading, uh, learning the sequential medium, you know, that, that format. Um, and, you know, that segued into um, the X-Men books because, you know, at the X-Men cartoon show came out in the early 90s um, and they had adaptations of those. It, it was almost like, you know, Chris Claremont, no, nothing against him, but yeah. it's a little heavy for mm-hmm. uh, a, a nine-year-old, 10-year-old um, at the time. So like when they were adapting the cartoon show into a comic book format, it was you know, like a, a lighter version of that and easier to read. And then you just, I started learning about the mythos and wanting more and more. And there was just, and there was just an, as it is now, there's just an endless amount of material to dive into. And there's just something, um, you know, there's a genre, there's a story for everyone. So yeah, I grew up, um, you know, things I blame the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird got me into you know comic books, so good on that's them. awesome. Because the people I talked to, it's like funny how many animated TV shows from their childhood is what got you into comic books, whether it be Turtles right. or like the animated X Men TV show or stuff like yeah. that. Animated X Men TV show was my personal one that got mm-hmm. me into it. Uh, again, you can wake up, watch the the cartoon on Fox Kids, right. and you know so on, and it's progressed over the years. But it wasn't until recent years where I actually started reading more independent stuff. So like right. getting away from your big two, your DC, your Marvel, uh, or your right. TMNT, uh, you know, they're not really part of the big two, but 
they're up right. there with the, the, the notoriety of the actual group of uh, characters. Exactly. And now yeah. I actually Ma- mainstream have my, indie. <laughs> my last Ronin t-shirt on right oh, now. So yeah, sweet. Go. Such um, a good story. It's great. Yeah. Ben Bishop's a great uh, fan of the of the show. So in friend, oh, fan cool. of, friend of mine. So he sends all kinds of stuff. I just got a bunch of new stuff in from him. Uh, part of his, uh, he does a Bish Art Kids Club. It's like a membership. Uh-huh. I can't show any of it right now because it doesn't come out right now, but there's an awesome special edition comic book that came in it that I was blown away uh, by. <laughs> I was so nice. surprised that it was in there. But yeah, uh, Turtles is obviously a big port, part of most people's lives. But then you yeah. were, obviously you went into deciding you wanted to create comic books and write comic books. How did you get into writing? Yeah, so I was always uh, you know, a writer growing up. I, I liked uh, writing short stories as, as a kid. You know, I was a, a big reader, and I think a lot of people that are writers were also big readers too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just, I loved writing, uh, and I just would fill up notebooks with nonsense. And um, my English teachers in grade school were always like, you need to uh, you know, do something with this. You're such a good writer, blah, blah, blah. And I would even get, in some of my other subjects, I would get points taken off because I wrote too much for the answer, you know, like science class and history. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't condense what I wanted to say in like 300 words or whatever. <clears throat> so, but I never took it seriously because, you know, when you're in high school, everyone wants to be a rock star or a professional mm-hmm. athlete. No, there's not very many like cool hip um, writers to look up for. You're not collecting like writer trading cards or anything like that there's like Stephen King and that's it (laughs) so um I didn't think too much of it but um and as I think a lot of us do that are comic book readers and collectors we kind of uh throughout our lives wax and wane in and out of Mm -hmm. the the hobby and uh, if you want to call it that um but uh several years ago uh say around like 2018 2019 um I, I was right. I was writing short fiction just for fun. Again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not 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 gonna give it to anyone else. Just doing it just cause get it out of my head yeah. uh, and be creative. But I saw this awesome interview, a live interview with Doug Wagner. Um, he wrote Plastic, The Ride. Mm-hmm. He's got a new book out with the Image called um, Beware of the Eye of Odin. Um, so I just hashtag plugged uh, promoted <laughs> Doug Wagner on the show. But he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but on that uh, YouTube interview, uh, I asked him, you know, how does one get into writing comics? How do you become like a, a, a professional comic book writer? Because uh, I, I had no idea the, the process whatsoever. And I thought it just like you got discovered or something um, <laughs> or you just knew a guy. And his um, answer was just make a comic. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, that's when I was like, all right, I have some of these short stories. Let's see if I can adapt them into comic book uh, script format. Yeah. So I started studying. I took down a bunch of books, watched tutorials online, asked a ton of questions, uh, you know, online. And um, you know, eventually I had one of my short stories converted into a 24-page comic book. And I thought, all right, now what? So then I asked someone else uh, locally uh, to me, Travis Gibb, um, popular indie comic book creator and um, said, Hey man, what do I do with this script now? How do you find uh, an artist? You know, how, how do you go about printing it? And he kind of gave me, uh, you know, some direction. And, and I learned like the, from the project manager side of it all, the streamline mm-hmm. effect, you know, you give the script to the penciler and if he also inks it too, then you know, once you have five pages from him, send it over to a colorist while they're working on pages six to 10. And when the colorist comes back, you send it to a letter. And once I understood that whole 
process. I'm like, okay, this is 100% doable if you have um, the capital to, mm-hmm. you know, to do it. So uh, after a while, then I had this like comic book that I wrote in my hand. I'm like, oh, now what do I do? <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I learned about you know crowdfunding and things like that, um, uh, networking with retailers. So it all just took, you know, it, it all came from me asking one question, you know, how do you make a comic book? So um, it, I couldn't have done it without uh, the support of other people. You, yeah. This industry, you can't be in your own silo. Um, no, even if you can uh, do everything, if you can write, draw, letter, it, you, you can't do it on your own. You need yeah. to be out there um, making connections and networking with people and building relations. So that's what I contribute. Whatever you know, success I might be seen as having to um, other people for sure. See, my day job is I, I'm a graphic designer and I work for a brewery, mm. brewery uh, and I design our can labels or labels for our cans and so on. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. contribute. I, I, I relate that the comic book industry is a lot like the beer industry, whereas mm. like we can all, a lot of us can do it on our own, but there's a lot of collaborations. There's a lot of things yes. that you, you reach out to another person. Hey, I need a bag of grain. Our mm. shipment didn't come in. Okay, well, you can borrow from us. Hey, we yep. need empty cans. There's all that back and forth stuff, which is the same thing in the comic book industry. They realize that if you reach out to someone who is also a quote unquote competitor of yours, their books are only going to sell more if there's other people selling books that are similar to yours and so on. So I think it's one of those cool things about the comic book industry. You see that at cons and things like that, where people just talking to each other are like, Hey, I'll do a cover for your book or, you know, I'll help with this or that. And, and so it's really cool to see that in the comic book industry. And you're right. It's, 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 Mm. even if you can do it on your own, um, a lot of times you need that extra uh, support around you to do it. And, and it, I think you can also do it on your own when you get to a certain level. Too. Right, yeah. <laughs> like if you're at a point where someone's name across the top of the book just sells the book, then exactly. yes, at that point, yes. But when you're starting out, it's a little bit harder uh, to do right. that on your own as well, too. And it, it works that way in the podcasting and, and right. other medias on the internet, too, and, and stuff yeah. like that as well. So, uh, well, you know, I'm glad you got into it in the first place. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so then there comes the, I don't want to speed across here, but then it comes the mm-hmm. recount. So, Obviously, so I, I want to, am I aware you're a U.S. Army veteran? Is that true? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so I'm just like, obviously, there's some military aspect of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, I guess, Secret Service aspect of uh, the book itself. And, yeah. you know, it has come out two, what, almost two years ago. So I, yeah. it's, it's it's hard not to spoil it for some people, but in the same <laughs> sense, like it's been out for two years, you should probably right. read it. But yeah. if we can go around without spoiling it for people, we'll do that too, uh, just to make sure, sure that people don't get spoiled. Um but it's a four issue series, uh, mm. you know, and so you just talked about crowdfunding mm. and you talked about how you get the process of it. What made you decide to go to someone like Scout? You know, I like Scout, I love, love, love Scout's books. And I have a friend, yeah. uh, Joseph Schmalky, who is a co-publisher yeah, of yeah. Uh, Black Caravan. So yeah, there's great. a Scout connection here, but what, what, what led to Scout mm. for, for, for first? So I um, already had uh, my first comic book uh, I mentioned before, Freak Show Princess, um, already out printed. And um, uh, I was like, just kind of getting my feet wet and making appearances at cons and stuff like that. Uh, and at the time, it was around like November 2019. Uh, and I was already, already had um, the script for Recount finished and a few pages actually back from the artist. And I was going to the Daytona Beach Comic Con just to support a friend. I wasn't even mm-hmm. going there to 
like I didn't have a table or anything like that. Um, but I filled my backpack up with some uh, extra copies of Rachel Princess uh, and some um, some printed out scripts for my other book, Capable and um, and Recount. And um, I saw online that they were going to have um, the Pruitt brothers, you know, from you yeah. know, one works at Scout, one works at Aftershock. And then they were, uh, it said that they were going to be, you know, looking, they could look at portfolios and things like that. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just talk to these guys. What's the worst that could happen? Um, and um, Jim Pruitt was like, you know, here's my card. I, I like I like the pages of recount that you showed me. Email me afterwards, you know. Um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, see, see where this goes. Um, emailed them, didn't hear back, but uh, I uh, did their whole submission guideline thing online. I uh, didn't think and didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'm, I'm just so green at this, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, you got to shoot your shot. Yes. So two weeks later, I followed up and then I got a, an email back from Scout that they, they were interested in it. And then, you know, I had a lot of phone calls with uh, Don Hanfield, who is their um, one of their officer, chief officers there. And he's wrote a few uh, books, too, with them. And uh, we talked about the series and its potential. And before you know it, um, a contract came like uh, a month or two later after that um, uh, meeting at, in Daytona Beach Comic Con. I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> these things, this stuff can actually happen when you yes. put the work into it. You know, when yeah. you, uh, you know, it was super uncomfortable to a- approach these guys, these publishers and stuff face to face. But you have to be, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in this business. Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself out there and us creatives, we can be very uh, isolating and introverted, but you're not going to get anywhere unless you get uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, all these meetings, you know, I, all these interviews, I listen to some of them every now and then. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm just stuttering all over the place, mispronouncing words, not even saying the right word, but you know, it's me getting out there. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I'm lear- learning from it all. So yeah, if you don't put yourself out there, nothing's going to happen. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, with anybody out there and it's saying the, it goes with crowdfunding too. Like you have to put your thing out there and expect that people see the yeah. amount of money you're raising. So right. it's right in front of people's faces. And if you're not getting what you think you want to get for this book to raise money for it, right. it can be embarrassing. You yeah. know, it can be embarrassing if you if you were to pitch your comic book to Scout and they're like, mm-hmm. this is horrible. I mean, I don't yeah. think they would say that. They would just pass. Right. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it is one of those things that it can be embarrassing, but you just got to, you know, suck it up and hopefully it works out. And obviously it did um, yeah. for you at, you know, with this, with the, the recount, it's based in the quote unquote real world. I, I like to say that mm-hmm. as a sense because it's not, uh, you know, Scotty Young just came out with his twig series right. and you know eight billion mm-hmm. genies from charles soul just came out and brian brown those are not based in the quote-unquote real world there's right, genies right. and things like that <laughs> this is all stuff that could actually happen i right. you know i does your military service have anything to do with how this came into your mind or is it just something you thought about off the, uh, on a whim like how did this come out about yeah. well um a lot of it is you know i like the grounded in reality aspect yeah, yes. of um recount because it, it has its own haunting effect because of you know how eerily relevant it is and w- which wasn't the uh, intention for it to be so relevant you know writing it in 2019 but um as far as my military experience you know uh, the uh, tactical stuff may have played uh, contributed to some uh scenes and you know uh, but i i would just say just my um uh me 
hating politics yes. so much, you know, both sides of the aisle is what yeah. really drove the theme of the recount. Mm -hmm. um, and just me being just so disgusted and having so much disdain for how people, how so many people are, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, um, supporters they're fans of some yeah. of these politicians it's like no you just like the gear you you like wearing your um it on, on your chest yeah and you have you don't even know what it stands for you get your information from memes and and, and headlines and that's yeah. it um so you know a lot of my stories begin with me uh, with a what if scenario. And I think that's where, if you break every comic book down and a lot of stories, it's like, what if this if happened? This happened like, yeah. you, you mentioned 8 billion genies. I'm, yeah. I'm sure Charles was like, what if everyone had one wish? What would that look like? And that's an awesome <laughs> idea. <Yes. laughs> so much storytelling with that. So I was thinking, what if people were held accountable for who they voted for? And yeah. what would that look like? Would you actually do some research um, or would you advertise who you voted for if there was consequences to what you vote, who you voted for? If that person turned out to be an a-hole, you know, and you had you had to suffer consequences because you put that person in power, what would that look like? Yeah. And you know, the more interesting side of it would be, you know, the whole type of purge element yes, that yes. you know I, I put into the recount because that's a little bit more entertaining. Um, <laughs> and exciting so it, it, it grew from that it just I, I think at the very beginning I got a lot of uh you know oh you must be you know, are you a poli sci major yeah. blah 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 or, or you know I've had um hate from from both sides of the yeah. aisle uh, approach me people assuming um that I lean this way or that way so I, I started calling it an anti-political thriller yeah. you know this is for people who don't like politics mm -hmm. you know and even people that like politics and follow politics, they also don't like politics. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. there's a, a side of politics that they don't like. So that way, calling it an anti-political thriller sells a little bit better too. Yeah. And you, to me, I, I like it that way. I, I, I so cannot stress how much it's not agenda-based. Yes. You know? And, and it, it, you, like I said, it's based in real life. Like it's based in, you said that, you know, grounded things, mm -hmm. but it's not like it's based on a specific time in history, right. a specific person. And it's not like you were going back to the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. You, it's it's right. literally arbitrary of when this could be and who the people are and all that stuff. There's no, right. you know, this races of all races, there's genders of all genders. It's not like mm -hmm. there's specific things. I, I didn't read the book and go, oh, he's alluding to this person or alluding yeah. to that person. And, right. you know, the the generic description is i mean the, the president is admitting to some faults you know mm -hmm. it's not like he's denying a bunch of stuff so there is that right. i'll tell you right now i would love mm -hmm. vice the vice president to be any sort of leadership role in our she kicks <laughs> ass in this yeah. book like i mean yeah. completely like doesn't take no for an or doesn't put up with anybody's shit just does it right. and, and and like this is the kind of politician we do need <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so you don't need a, a committee to make every little step you know? Yes, she says she'll kick ass. She'll, you know, right. she'll tell people what's up. I'm like, this is the kind of person you do need in leadership, and she's exactly. not even like the leader at that point. All right, I me, mean, I'm say she becomes that, but like the, yeah. uh, but the book itself has that. Do you think you did better in sales because of what was going on in the world, and it kind of related to the idea that there's unrest in political climate? It, it, it's hard to say. Um, 
because yeah, it, it issue one came out um, like a week or two after the election, yeah. uh, and then issue two came out uh, in February after what happened at the Capitol. Yeah, you know, so uh, part of me wants to say yeah, pe- uh, people who may think that it was relevant and timely yeah. may have picked up that book, and I also think people who look towards comics for escapism yes. may not have wanted to pick up the book because of that or like i mentioned before i had a lot of yeah. people coming up to me or uh, approaching me online saying oh you're doing this because you hate this particular politician yeah. i'm not going to support your book whatsoever i'm like all right you, you will you, you're literally judging a book by its cover yes. <laughs> um so i'm not sure if it, it i i honestly like to think that um the artwork uh is the biggest part of why it sold um the main uh, cover uh, interior and cover artist, uh, Gabriel Ibera Nunez, is just outstanding. He's got this real gritty look to him, uh, to his artwork, very realistic. No two characters look the same. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's uh, plenty of big two books on like everyone looks the same. Everyone has the same jawline, eyes, figure, but like you, he meticulously makes every character look different. Mm-hmm. So, I think that uh, the artwork is the biggest uh, draw to the recount. Oh, and, and, and I, I wrote I wrote an article on um, uh, the uh, what book was it? I just read, just did it recently. Uh, I can't remember where it so was. So many, right? <laughs> I, I bought it because of the cover, and because the cover was just gorgeous. Oh, astronaut down. That's what it was. Astronaut oh. down. The cover is this like space helmet with this guy's mm-hmm. face and a skull, like a like a shadow of a skull is coming out of his face. And mm-hmm. I looked at it and I'm, as a designer too. I'm like, that's awesome. I just want this. And yes. I picked it up because of the cover, which mm-hmm. is very common in the comic book world because right. that's what's right. like on the front of the thing. There's very little right. number of words that you write as a writer on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that cover draws you in. And I stay, I, I wrote, came for the cover, stayed for the story because the story mm-hmm. ended up being really good, which is really good. Right. Same with the recount yeah. that, 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 that greediness and looking at the front of the cover, the, 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 graphic design of your the logo the recount and mm. you know, i love white backgrounds and white space i yes. love that simplicity of it uh it does right. it does really well to me i think martin simmons is a great great artist yeah. there's something about how how gritty his work is that it's a little yes. too gritty for me <laughs> i love the department of truth i think the artwork's great it just sometimes is too far for that direction whereas yeah. i think gabriel did a great job at making it Still, like you mentioned, no two characters look the same, which helps me as a person who has struggled with reading in my entire life, uh, yeah. that I do need that visual cue to know that character A is the one speaking and character A is the one in the relationship with this person and so on, right. that Gabriel was able to do that in this, but still make it gritty and edgy, uh, which is pretty right. cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, on that note, you know, with comic books, artwork, you know, gets you in the door. The writing keeps you mm-hmm. inside. You know that 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 works for readers, collectors, and even publishers. You know it's so hard to pitch a comic book series with absolutely no art. You know mm-hmm. every script yeah could look could be the best thing or the worst thing, but once you put artwork to it, then that you know it changes things tremendously. So yeah, I, I contribute the success of the art. Um, and so, uh, so Gabriel obviously did the, the work on on the recount four issue series, and there was also an artist in there between that did some pages as well. Is that true? Uh, yeah, uh, Gabriel did issues uh, the Ashcan and issues one through three. Okay, uh, the main covers for all of them, 
And uh, Joe Bacardo, um, he's a, a Spanish artist, stepped in for issue four when uh, Gabriel wasn't able to okay. uh, meet the deadline due to a, a personal issue. So, and, and Joe Bacardo knocked it out of the park. He had like, a, that was 28 pages. I think he did those 28 pages in 27 days. I, that I mean, that's like, that's brutal. But he, he, he knocked it out of the park. And he had to like reference gabo's you know yeah. uh work too to make sure it wasn't too far off but yeah I, and i you know i asked him before um with the preamble if he wanted to come back for that but he, he was just too busy so yeah, and then so yeah obviously you have you have gil lopez did the stuff on the on the preamble right too yeah yeah uh ruben he goes by ruben gill uh okay. it's a little confusing but yes it's, his fine. name is ruben gill lopez but he is artist is Ruben yeah. Gill. <laughs> you know how it is, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Ruben's great. Um, I I brought him in on a suggestion of my editor Andrea Molinari. Um, uh, Ruben's a, another Spaniard, and that yeah, awesome artwork uh, as well. Fits the mood of the recount, the uh, realistic side of it all, and it was yeah, it was awesome to work with Ruben on the preamble. With the one, the the first series, your 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 recount number one, and so on. How does the relationship go with between you and, and the artist? Is there is it like basically you give the story to that artist and, and you take what they basically give you, or what do you have some say as a writer? Oh, I, as as long as I'm paying for the pages and yeah. I'm doing that for the majority of the um the projects I work on, it, it's yeah. I, I'll if it doesn't look like what I was envisioning, I'll ask them you know to make certain changes. But then sometimes their changes might not have like a sense of purpose. Like, mm -hmm. you know, how I can't do that many actions in one panel. I'm like, oh yeah, I look back at my script and I have someone, you know, doing three things at once with their hand. You know, that that works fine in the movies, but yeah. it doesn't work, you know, in comic book uh, in a 2D type uh, medium. So yeah. yeah, I I take suggestions and a lot of things um, turn out better uh, from the artist and how I wrote the art direction. And and that's why I think, again, we go to going back to having multiple people involved in a project like that. I mm -hmm. think there's something to be said about that. There is this side that, you know, I'd second in mind, uh, my normal co-host who doesn't come on usually when we do uh, have a guest, but uh, Adam and I were talking about one point making a comic book and it was like, mm -hmm. well, who would write it? I'm like, well, why don't we co-write it? And he's yeah. like, well, would you draw it? And I go, I don't know if I could do sequential art. I'm yeah. very good at one can doing one thing mm. and doing it once drawing the same person over and over again in different shapes right. and forms. I just, I think I would go crazy doing that. So I would yeah. like to hire another person to do the artwork. And he's like, okay, so that team of three or four with letter and color and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I go, but I think that team works because I think there's people yeah. who have different inputs on different things that just will make the book an even better thing. And so yeah. I think you, you have that right with the idea that they may actually know a little bit more on what right. they want to do or how they do it. Um, cause it's very easy for people to go, you should do it this way. And then they yeah. go, well, it's not really possible to do it that way, but we'll try. Right. <laughs> and I've seen other, other creatives and publishers even like, you know, it needs to have this and the artist will come back, um, you know, and the things that I'm tagged in like, well, this is why it doesn't work that way. You're yeah. going to wash out the page with, if we want to make everything this particular color or, or whatnot, but I'll show you how wrong you are in just a second. <laughs> and sometimes uh, you know, people pay for those mistakes too. Yes. You know, yeah. If they're so adamant about it. Um, but it, it, there's something. So this is, I think I wrote in the uh, review too about uh, it's 
eerily or <clears throat> what did I say it was? I can't remember where I said I had it at the top of my head. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, unsettlingly realistic mm. or something like that. And, and you wrote back, yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's an unsettling mm. thing. It's, it's honestly, my wife and I are reading a book, uh, Beginning at the End, a uh, book by Michael Cho, I think it is. Uh, it's a it's about a flu killing people in the world. Like mm. it's such a weird unsettling thing to think about right now in the past yeah. two years to read a book about post-apocalyptic stuff. Like we just mm. read station 11 and we're watching mm. the show and it's like, that's also about a flu that kills people. Like it's scary yeah. to do that. And in the moment we live in, 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 in an unsettling world, we live in reading something that's like, you could like literally turn the TV on and see the right. events that happened in the recount on TV yeah. and not be surprised by it, which is sad. Right. Uh, yes. And again, both sides of the aisle, both things I'm not mm -hmm. surprised about. Um, so you, were you planning this to be four issues? I, I, or is it like, what's the idea behind only doing four issues, I should say? Um, the, when, when you, I, because I have to um, uh, fund most of my work, uh, everything is, is limited. You know, mm -hmm. it's always going to be uh, a mini series for the most part. Um, I had a different ending in mind for the recount uh, for the first uh, few issues, but um, it organically, you know, evolved into something else. So I was like, okay, I have a one arc here. I can come back and do as long as I have a a, a decent closure for this first yeah. volume. I can come back and do multiple volumes. So, and in that way, I can make this world a little bit bigger and not rush to fit everything in and just a four issue but I, I you know i need to uh get to a to b somehow so yeah it was um always intended to be four issues but it was going to be a different story it was going to have a completely different ending um so now i i my plan is um two more volumes uh over time uh and i've already uh started working on the second volume and just waiting for the artist to be available mm -hmm. Yeah. Which are like, is that, was that part of the reason why the preamble came out to kind of like step, you know, give it a little break, but something for us recount right. fans to read or. It, it was partly that part of just me wanting to tell that side of the story. <laughs> um, all, it, a lot of it's timing. I look at my, I have a dry erase board behind this computer, you know, with all these different projects. I'm like, all right, what, can I fit in the beginning of a mini series right now? Or should I just do a one shot? If I do that one shot, how many pages do I have time mm -hmm. for? And how much money do I have to, uh, yeah. to fund, fund this, which is always the biggest question. Um, so yeah, uh, the idea for the preamble was always there um, and it worked better as if post volume one, mm -hmm. but I felt like um, this could also serve to uh, establish events in issue uh, volume two. Mm -hmm which doesn't uh those things in um preamble that will lead into volume two obviously aren't apparent until people start reading volume two and then they're yeah. going to see two purposes of um preamble so right now we see like the the uh, adding more meat and potatoes to mm -hmm. uh, the background of the you know uh, leader of the masses and um there's something else that uh it's in the preamble uh, people read uh issue one of volume two and like okay we know that person already yeah. and they were introduced in preamble. So, which is awesome. It's like one of those things. It honestly caught me by surprise a little bit. I don't know how I missed it. I, I missed the solicitation or something. 
And I was yeah. like literally putting down pull this stuff. And I was like, holy crap. Well, how did I miss this? There's always, I feel like once a month, there's a comic book that somehow it just slips through my fingers and it's coming out. And I was so excited for it when it came out awesome. uh, Yeah, on that too. But, and I don't know how much you can say about it and stuff like that, but you have, there's news out there that there's going to be something in this on the screen with this, uh, of this right. uh, thing that it has been optioned. Is that something you can talk anything about or is there? Um. Uh, I can uh, talk about the director, Peter Landisman, okay. um, who is co-writing it with um, his writing partner. What I was told recently is the, they have the script done and now they can uh, shop it to studios, which is okay. the, uh, a big uh, hurdle in you know Hollywood is you know who what studio is going to invest a lot of the money into making this script. Uh, and then what kind of changes they want in the script, you know, uh, for them to, to make it. So, I mean, having a, um, it, it's actually kind of working a little differently. Usually, you know, a studio uh, and a producer is like, oh yeah, we want to uh, get that. And then they search for the director and, and the screenwriter to have a, uh, a director already attached and with uh, you know, him and his writing partner and them wanting to seek a uh, studio um, to, to film it and everything. That's, it uh, works a little differently, but it's also ha having someone that's already on the creative side of in Hollywood yeah. wanting to invest their time and effort into it uh, speaks volumes. So, yeah, I mean, that's about all I, I know yeah. about. It. I haven't I haven't seen the movie script, their, their yeah. version of it. Um, uh, I haven't been in contact with them, but it's also like I, I don't want to, you know, muddy up that side of it because uh, one, I'm not that you know egotistical where i need to have my hands involved in it plus i don't i, I don't know that side of, yeah. of that you know um screenwriting for film is something that i don't know I, and all the different moving parts in hollywood you know it, it's its own beast so I, i'm gonna let it do its own thing and if they want to get me involved at some point i'm open to it but um yeah, I'm more of like, let me know when there's actually news. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it does take a while. It's one of those things that people talk about online and, and, and there's different things I've read where it's like, so we're, if we're going to say we're at a stage at a 10, we're on stage six. And it's mm -hmm. like been three years since there's been news that there's someone shopping the the, the, the comic right. book as a, as a show or, or a movie. And it's like, it does take some time. Some of them move super quick because of other reasons. But yeah. there are some things out there that like, I mean, were you surprised? Were you ha what, we were obviously didn't plan to write the recount to make it into a movie or a TV show. Right. Yeah, when, when um, uh, that was mentioned to me, I was like, whoa, because I was still like trying to catch my breath from even getting um, uh, it signed to be published. Yeah. And then before issue one, I, I knew about the movie before even issue one was even solicited. Mm -hmm. so that's how long I had to, had to keep it on the wraps. Mm -hmm. so imagine having to hold off on that knowledge um my, your first published book is going to also be made into a movie yeah. uh, i've had to bite my tongue for like a year and a half it felt like and um <laughs> so yeah it, it was cool but uh i i remain the, the same status of like when something when i see a trailer uh okay i'll find yeah, or if they real. invite me on to set or something like that i'm like okay this is actually happening yes <laughs> but um in the meantime, yeah, it's super cool that people are um, that far interested in it, but I'm also not, you know, counting my 
uh, chickens before they hatch. Yeah, hatch, yeah, absolutely. It's just one of those, it's just a cool thing. I mean, like I said, it's anything that becomes uh, someone else is so passionate about your project as well that they realize that they want to do it in their medium is yeah. pretty cool. I mean, if someone came to you and said, hey, we want to make a podcast, a scripted podcast for it, you'd probably be excited too because it's right. someone doing a different medium of the things that you created and came from exactly. your mind, uh, which yep. is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not only did it have the success of someone wanting it, but your first issue wins about three printings. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, third printing came out uh, last November, like uh, a year afterwards. So that, yeah, that was really cool too. wasn't wasn't expecting that uh, second print either. Like a, a week or two after the first issue got dropped, they're like, "Hey, can you scare up a, a second print cover?" I'm like, "What?" Because <laughs> uh, I'm still like uh, working on other aspects of uh, you know uh, other things. I'm like, I thought recount was already in the past you know mm -hmm. and me having to come up with another cover um caught me off guard but it was super exciting and plus yeah. you know uh seeing that uh, that second print cover that gabo did is one of my favorite ones on a yeah. Poem. yeah yeah super I mean, creepy cover it's uh it's really it's just a cool i've talked to a couple of people about about printings and things like that and nowadays it's one of those things that you there's like the grim uh comic book that recently came out over at boom yeah. like their mm -hmm. second printing was a week later like they yeah. had sold so many in in, in, in FOC and in, in, in pre-orders that they're like, oh crap, we're not gonna have enough of the first printing. And a week yeah. later, I was went in the shop and I'm like, didn't that book come out last week? And he's like, yeah, that's yeah. the second printing. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and now they're on to like I think they're on to a fourth printing of that. And it's like it's insane yeah. how how that's worked and and how that is 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 some people are unprepared for how successful a book can be, yeah. uh, or it just takes the you know people just find somehow it finds a way. And people are so excited about it uh, yeah. to, to read it and so on. So, um, yeah, I mean, and so you've also written other books too. I, I mean, we have. I want to touch a little bit about lower your sites just because it's a, a big oh, yes, thing. Um, mm. So it's a benefit anthology for Ukraine. Uh, can you just mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what that what's going on with that and how you got involved in that? Yeah. So um, the senior editor at Mad Cave, um, uh, Chaz, who uh, recently you know started at, at Mad Cave a few uh, months ago. He's done a lot of stuff at Scout too. Um, he heard my name. Um, he, he, you know, uh, knew about the recount, of course, with his um, experience making Scout books. And um, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, um, got a, uh, this anthology. I know you're a, a vet, and I think this would be a good fit for you. Uh, problem is, I need uh, everything script." pages colored lettered within 30 days can you do it <laughs> and i'm like yes <laughs> if it means we'll make it happen. Uh, yep if it means i could be a part of uh, this super great project um and getting my foot in the door with mad cave too you know mm -hmm. um so uh and i reached down to gabo from the recount i said hey buddy uh, let, let's let's uh let's do it again so that is uh, my story in Lower Your Sights is actually a very, very deeply rooted in my military experience. Okay. Uh, um, it is basically pulled from a, a story, something I experienced myself. Uh, I just, um, I didn't write my name. I just gave the character a different person's name, but that that's me in okay. my story in Lower Your Sights. Um, the timing of the events that occur are a little bit different. Um, but uh, that happened to me, and I thought it would be a good um, story to put in there. Because when Chaz told me about the project, he's like, you know, it's 
it's a war anthology, but it's not, you know, Sergeant Rock. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things like that. I don't think Michael Bay explosions. Think about the side of war and military that people don't typically see. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought about those times when, when I was serving and, you know, it, uh, the things that people don't see um, that aren't so fantastic. Uh, you know, we know we know about the horrors of, of the actual battles, but there's other sides of it. Like, um, for instance, the hurry up and waiting the, uh, and it's being, I remember those three years, the feeling that I had the most often during those three years is the boredom and the boredom was like torture, uh, mm-hmm. just waiting. It, it, it was so terrible. So I, I wanted to pull in something like that um, and without giving away the story, but yeah, I'm so happy to be a part of Lower Your Sights. It's a wonderful project. I hope everyone can um, pre-order that. You know, it's available now uh, to pre-order yeah. your local L- LCS. So yeah, it's uh, a yeah pre-ordered. Previous came out the 29th. I just reading online. FOC is the 29th of August. So make sure you get it in before that, <clears throat> and it will be out in September. Uh, looks like yep. September 14th, uh, officially in stores. But it obviously, is all I'm guessing a portion or all the proceeds go to uh, a charity of shorts that helps with Ukraine. Is that right? Yeah, the uh, I believe all proceeds are going to the. Um, the it's called voices of children Children. yep yep and that's a uh, basically they're uh they try to give um use artwork to ease some of the you know impact that these children have had in ukraine um you know you you can send money and all you want over there but what's the money going to so it's like uh, helping with the emotional support of, of these kids over there in such a tragic time um and there's even Ukraine uh, artists that are involved in that project. So cool. it's just super cool. I'm glad I have a, a you know a small little sliver of um, you know uh, contribution to it. It's one of the thing, one of the most biggest things I've uh, I'm proud of of doing to be able to do something like that. It's cool because I mean I mean we I, I talk and write about funny books. You write mm-hmm. funny books for a living. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's nice to have this opportunity. Like, what can you do as a person who writes comic books to help yeah. someone in Ukraine? Like if you, if you right. put those two connections together, like this is not possible, but yet yeah. there is this option. And we do that in the beer industry too, with making special fundraiser beers that we have and mm-hmm. things. And some, there's some places in Maine, some um, t-shirt companies who made some t-shirts that they basically donated to the, to the um, breweries with their logo on it in the Ukraine flag print and did things right. like that. So there's definitely ways that everybody can get, you know, uh, attached yeah. to some sort of charity or some sort of uh, thing like this, even if you're mm. writing funny books for a living or so right. on. And it's, it's really cool to see that. And um, it's one of those ones that's like, you buy it because you're going to have some great stories and some great artwork in it, but yeah. also it goes towards something good too. So that's, I'm, I'm really excited for it uh, as well yeah, when I heard you. about it as well. And so, <clears throat> which I'll be just buying everything. I bought Space Cadet too, because my son's name is Nova. And oh, so I okay. thought that would be a great one to put in a bag and board. And he's <laughs> old enough to read it. He can read the space cadet as well. Oh yeah. Um, Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then you obviously have quicksand as well. People can get into that. Uh, you yes. can find out more information on your website, mm. man. I've been talking too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In your line of work, I'm sure. But got to keep the lossages and cough yeah, drops you, on you, standby. <laughs> you mentioned about writing too much and that stuff too, is mm-hmm. I am a, uh, you know, 
person just talks too much. And that's why obviously you get into some podcasting or talking right. for a living because it's, it's, it's a, uh, gets everything out of my mouth. And again, <laughs> I still stutter over things and say the wrong things, even when I do this a lot more than probably you do it. So it has <laughs> happened. So, it, well, I mean, it, it sounds more natural that way too. Yeah. It doesn't sound like two robots talking to, you know, that to me, it should sound like a conversation and not, you know, Alexa talking to Siri. Yes, exactly. And that's one of those things that you see the difference between like late night TV shows nowadays where there's people stopping on. Like if you were to go on to a late night TV show and, and pitch the recount, you'd have three minutes to try to pitch what you need to pitch yeah. about this thing. Instead, you could have a generic conversation with someone about it and, and naturally come up with things. And that's what's cool right. about the podcasting uh, world is you get more yeah. natural speaking things than you do. Like you're not sitting there with a bullet point. Okay, I got to cover this, yeah. got to cover this. We're just talking. I mean, we, exactly. there's no reason to, 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 to talk about things you don't want to talk about, but also not like cram everything into three minutes. So exactly. Yeah. Um, but so people uh, out there who are listening, obviously you have a website. Uh, what's mm. the website? Uh, Jonathan Hedrick comics.com. Um, and obviously yeah. you're on Facebook, Instagram, all those things as well. And, yep. and you, is it just your name without vowels? Is that what it is? Or is it that that's what it is for Instagram and okay. Twitter? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try to say it, but I'm like, I'm not going like, to. Yeah. If you go to jonathanhedrickcomics.com, there's links on there to your, exactly. to your social media. And that's a lot easier than sometimes. It's one of those <laughs> things nowadays coming up with, with, with usernames for people, unless you have a very, yeah. very, very obscure name that's short. Right. It's, you're going to have to do things like that. I even tried to yeah. buy my name from someone uh, who has the same name as me. Really? And they they didn't want over? it. I, oh, they man. Had not, I, was, I was on Twitter. Before I did this stuff, I was a sports writer in Massachusetts. Oh, all right. And I wanted my name as my mm. handle on Twitter because that's what I was on Twitter all the time. Yeah. And so I went to, to, to change my, because I went, obviously went in 2009 when I signed up for my Twitter, I did something stupid. It wasn't <sighs> some sort of stupid line from a song probably or something. <laughs> and so I wanted to change it yeah. to something that's more professional. And so I reached mm. out to the person who had my name as their 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 Twitter handle and hadn't tweeted for like a year and a half. And mm. so it's like, oh come on, okay, what do you think? And he said, I'll be willing to pay for it. He said, No, 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 I'm not going to. And then tweeted something random, like just some random oh. things. So he obviously now yeah. is in the Twitter bots that go out there and say this is an inactive profile, became wow. active again. And I was like, whatever. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I would have spent. What would have what I mean, make me an offer, right. man. Say something. Yeah, yeah. Like hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. I can say no, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny that it Jeez. was not, it was worth it to him to keep the name. And so now I'm at, at JM Soderberg cause oh, it, it works, yeah. it, it works well, but uh, right. yeah, it was just kind of funny. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's, that's what it's, it's harder to get people's name. And with Jonathan Hedrick, it was, it was a longer name. So Twitter doesn't right. really do have that long of a name. And so exactly. the e easy way to do it is get rid of the vowels uh, yeah. and do that. So yeah, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, Please buy do, your yeah. books at your local comic book shop. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them like the recount are probably not, hopefully not on the shelves there anymore, but is there, uh, is there a trade coming out or is there yeah, a trade? Uh, yeah, there's a trade. Yep. Okay. Trades available. It's at, uh, you know, your local comic book shop can order it. You can order it straight from scout and uh, other retailers have it too, like Barnes and Noble and, you know, uh, Amazon, things like that. And the cover is just the cover of issue one. Is that what it is? Right. The yeah. You know, they, they, they asked me if I wanted a different cover for, um, the trade, I was like, no, let's go with issue one. Like yeah. most of the other uh, publishers do. Plus I don't have enough money to pay for another cover. Another cover. <laughs> That's when you hope that your artist goes, I have three options for you. And you're like, cool, keep the other two options in the bank because yeah. we're probably going to need them for second printings or a trade. So <laughs> yep. 
or <laughs> graphic for some promotional yes. reason. You know, yeah. No, nothing. Well, the Ashcan one's pretty cool too, though. That black cover, the one I used yes. for promoting the podcast episode, was like that. That black cover with the white uh, uh, stuff yeah. on it's pretty sweet too. Um, and that came from Gabo, just like, hey, I just did this for fun. Use it for what you wanted to use it for. And you know, the Ashcan was just like a last minute idea. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, do you need a? Do you want a cover for this? I'm like, oh, I thought you guys were gonna. Just put it in the back of another yeah. comic uh, you're going to make it printed on its own you know yeah. it's only four pages it's yes like a, leaf, a leaflet uh so i didn't have anything else other than that image and i said oh, use this yeah. it's black and white Why not? it's funny <laughs> how much how how much uh, uh stock has been taken in ash cans nowadays too it's like um that we mentioned twig earlier scotty young i don't mm. know if you can see my tattoos a lot of my tattoos are oh, yeah. scotty young yeah, artwork um, but, uh, he is twig one. The preview was like $129 people were reselling them for yeah. on eBay because it was one per store ash cans. Yeah. And so this became a one point per store comic book. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's like four pages of a book. Like yeah. it's not even the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Joe Schmelke, his, uh, seven years in darkness, uh, book mm -hmm. that came out recently actually got it yep. back there. Um, he, his ash can for that, that was printed specifically for that it was like a special right. way of printing it it was like a mm -hmm. limited edition thing so not only was it a preview for the comic book but it was a, like a printing press in northern new hampshire is the only one in new england that does the printing the way it was done yeah, right. and so it's like okay that makes more sense to me but That's just a cool. simple simple yeah. four-page thing with a different cover uh, to preview the book i don't <laughs> know why it should be worth that much money but hey uh, there's a purpose in it somewhere <laughs> exactly and yeah, you're getting paid for it so it doesn't really right. matter in your point <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so you have comic books for sale on there. I see that. I mm -hmm. uh, saw that earlier today. So check out those books on there as well. Some CGC stuff and some yeah. CBCS stuff on there. But uh, do you have anything right other than this? Lower your sights. There's nothing coming out right away, right? Just everything else is in the future. Uh, there's actually something should uh, one or two things should be solicited next month. Um, cool. The publisher that that hasn't announced those projects yet. Um, but yeah, uh, in August. There should be at least one, if not two, up from the same publisher uh, titles that will be solicited for sale in October. Again, uh, they haven't announced it yet, yep. so I, I little I can't say much about it. And then in the um, the following month, so I guess that would be September solicitation <laughs> or on sale in November yep. should be my first issue with um, Black Box Comics. Okay. I have a, a series coming out with them. They haven't announced the, the title and everything like that, but so uh, this half of 2022 is actually a lot, a lot going on. And then something else at the beginning of 2023. And I hate being the guy. Uh, we see that so often with creators. Like I got something really cool I want to say, yeah. but there's not. So this is just an empty tweet. <laughs> but yes. um, but yeah, please keep your eyes out on um, uh, previews. And I'll, I'll be as soon as the publishers announce those things, I will, uh, you know share it all out to until everyone's sick of hearing me uh talk about it but super excited about this second half of 2022 uh, a lot lots of things coming so that's awesome and i'm big yeah. friends a lot of friends with some comic book retailers get in by foc so they know what you want for books too because it really helps them yes, uh with please. the pre-sales of those things tell your local comic book shop most of them yeah. won't charge you for them yet just right. tell them you want it. So they have the book in the store. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and sometimes there's extensive variants for people too at stores. So if they ended up ordering nine, but they didn't know you wanted one, they got 10, there was a one in 10. So just yep. do that for the local comic book shop because it's definitely worth it and buy from local comic book shops. 
or local yes. or artists online directly because that's really right. worth it too uh, because yeah. they're the the lifeblood to the reason why I have a recount. <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I mean? So it's definitely yeah, worth it. Support your local comic shops, 100%. Yes. And I'm all for reading digitally too, but like buy mm. the physical copy from your LCS and then buy the copy of digital so you can read yeah. it on your iPad. So exactly. bag and board the other one so you don't get any fingerprints on it and then read it digitally. So yeah. you have both copies. <laughs> Keep it crisp. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then maybe you won't get a 9.6 instead of a 9.8. Ah, uh, well, better than a 9.4. It is, and I, my <laughs> something killing the children came back at nine six two, which I thought was going to come back at a nine zero or a nine two. So sometimes you get the benefits, sometimes you get the negative. I have a, the J Lee variant of mm-hmm. issue one of something's killing the children at a nine six, but it, it, I also have it signed, you know, yes, uh, by yes. two of the creators. So that nine six bumps up a little bit with two signatures and a yellow label so my favorite thing in the world is there's this there's a uh, uh meme out there from the office when creed was the manager for what, what day and uh, yeah, pam yeah. walks in there with two images and says you need to find the two differences corporate needs it and they're the same image and i love that yeah. and it was a, it was a uh, cdc label it says nine six and nine eight and it yeah. was like tell me the difference is that there's nothing there's nothing different yeah. about them. Right. There's just two di- two different graders, probably. Yeah, so it, was just, it, was, it was the weirdest thing. But you know what? 9.6 is good. And I like I said, I'll take that on the recount. Yeah. This 9.8 is definitely more worth it uh, with that one, too, because it's obviously a little bit less uh, limited edition as well. Yeah. And I believe I have a non-slabbed recount around here somewhere um, as well. But, so many um, books. <laughs> that's just too many. Yeah. Like, it's way too many books. This is only even a portion you see back yeah, there. Behind that. me is all my white, my uh, long boxes and short boxes. Ah. But, <laughs> Hey, it's better than drugs. I'd say that yep, much. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check out Jonathan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to his website, jonathanhedrick.comics.com. Uh, mm-hmm. See him at cons. If he ends up at cons or things like that, say hi. Um, reach out. It's worth reading the recount. Again, try to buy it in trade. Uh, and hopefully at one point you buy it in trade and then you get to see it on screen some point down in the future. But if not, we'll just wait for volume two and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Uh, but thanks go. for joining us, man. I really appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I appreciate it.